0: So, we are now coming to the end of our series on exile and I now have the privilege of ending off the series by looking at the idea of being led out of exile. Bevan introduced us a few weeks ago to this series on exile and and spoke about what exile was and what it is and what it means for us now. Uh, Josh continued and he looked at some aspects of justice and some other things about exile and then last week we had Andrea sharing about Daniel as an example of how to live in exile. And today, we get to look at being led out of exile, in the same way that Moses led the Israelites out of exile in Egypt, we are blessed and privileged to have Jesus leading us out of exile. So let's briefly take a look at the Israelites in exile, because exile has been a theme from the beginning of the Bible. Adam and Eve were exiled in the garden, Abraham left his homeland, and the Israelites were eventually exiled in Egypt and held captives as slaves. And these Israelites, of course, went into Egypt looking for relief. There was a famine, and they went up to Egypt to try and find food, and a place to live and herd their flocks. And they did find this. And at first they found relief, and they found a place to be. But as time passed, this turned into oppression of the Israelites due to the Egyptians' fear of them. And in our country, where we have ongoing xenophobic uh, violence and and problems in this, this area, we are quite aware of this issue of people coming and looking for relief and finding problems and oppression and aggression. However, the Egyptians did not hold the Israelites forever. Because God heard their their cries and he sent Moses to save them, to lead them out of exile. And so, of course, God uses a fairly spectacular method of of talking to Moses with the burning bush. And we read in Exodus 3 about how, how the Lord calls Moses. So Exodus 3 verses 7 to 10 reads as follows. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians, and to bring them up out of that land, into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. And so this is God sending Moses to lead his people out of Egypt, out of exile to this promised land. And as we know from the the story in Exodus, Moses followed God's directions with some questioning and some issues along the way, and by God's power, he led the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt. And God was in control of this whole sequence. As long as Moses was following him, everything was going according to God's plan. And so we had the plagues, we had Pharaoh's hardening heart, and then eventually the Israelites crossed over into the desert. And this is important, right? It didn't immediately emerge from exile straight into the land with milk and honey on tap. They had to go through the desert. And they spent a long time, 40 years, wandering in this desert. But at least they had something to hold on to the whole time. They knew that there was a promised land waiting for them. It was a promised land, not a probably land. And they could trust that God would bring them through. And so us as an entire species of visitors and exiles in this world, we are led out of exile by the ultimate savior, Jesus. And so, If we take a look at the passage from Paul's letter to the Ephesians, we can have an idea of how we were dead in our sin, we were separated from God, but we were brought together by Jesus. And so this passage directly is talking about uh, the separation between Jews and Gentiles, but it definitely tells us something about what Christ accomplished on the cross. So reading Ephesians chapter 2 from verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus... You who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one, and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace, and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility." He came and preached peace to you who are far away, and peace to those who are near. For through him we both have access to the Father by one Spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord And in him you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his Spirit. So, this passage tells us a lot about Jesus coming to destroy barriers and take away these dividing walls that keep us from him and keep us from each other. He has preached peace to those who are far away and peace to those who are near. He has brought us together as humans into his kingdom and he has given us citizenship in his kingdom. Each human who chooses to follow him has citizenship in the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. And so in doing this, he provides us with an identity. In the same way as Israelites were brought out of Egypt and they were given an identity that was not slaves of Egypt. We are brought out of our exile and given an identity as citizens of the kingdom of God the Most High. We are given a new place in this world, we're given a new belonging, and we know that we are protected by the highest power imaginable. So I have a, a friend who's been studying with me for the last few years, um, and he's from Cameroon. So he was meant to start at the same time as me four years ago, but because of bureaucracy and the issues in trying to get a visa, he only started five months later. And so this gives an idea of (laughs) bureaucracy in Cameroon. And last year, he he realized end of this year, his his passport is expiring. And so he thought, okay, let's be organized. September last year, he started the process of applying for a new passport. And so he applied. He goes to the embassy, phone calls, phone calls, goes to the embassy. Um, He does all the processing. He sends a family member to the Home Office in Cameroon to try and follow up. And eventually, in January this year, he gets sold. Everything's been processed, but now there's no paper to print the passport. Okay, well, we wait another month, sends another family member to ask yeah, what's, what's happening. Still no paper, still no paper. Eventually in July this year, yeah, he gets told, okay, your passport is now printed. But obviously it's July, everyone's in lockdown, and there's no way of getting the passport here. And so he's still waiting. We're still trying to figure out a way of getting that passport here. And so he's gone through All kinds of twists and turns and so much effort to get this passport and why is it worth it why is it worth all the stress and effort because that passport is his identifying document that passport gives him an identity it gives him a place to belong he's no longer just a human alone in a foreign place but he has an identity as a citizen Of Cameroon. And that gives him rights, it gives him protection, it gives him just so much more security in knowing that he belongs to this country, he belongs to this people, and he is not alone and separated. And in the same way we as Christians now receive in a sense a passport in the kingdom of heaven. So even though we are not currently in heaven, you know, in front of God, in front of His throne, we are here as citizens of His kingdom. Just in a different place, we are visiting Earth, and so we now have the security of knowing that we are protected by our government, which is God. We're not even you know, only protected by our earthly government, but we are protected by the highest power imaginable, and that is something amazing. And as part of the citizenship. We also have a very important responsibility to treat other people as fellow citizens. Just being a citizen means much less when other people don't treat you as a citizen. And for the majority of South Africans, apartheid was a time of terrible exile. And we, as citizens of Kingdom and citizens of South Africa, need to be active in bringing about God's kingdom in our country. And that means taking active steps to bring justice and restitution where it is needed. And that is an important role that we have to play as fellow citizens of God's kingdom. And above and beyond citizenship, we are given a new purpose on this earth. Instead of just wondering and not knowing what we're doing, we have been granted a particular role in God's service. And of course, it looks different for each of us, but we know that we belong to God and that he has work for us to do. And so even if we feel like we are just wandering in the desert, not achieving anything, we have the certainty of knowing that we are God's children. And even if it seems we aren't getting anything done, we know that we can trust God and serve him. Instead of suffering alone, we can be like Daniel, steadfast in prayer and serving the people around him. Remember Andrew's sermon from the previous week. We know that God is with us, and He is our protector, desiring relationship with us. So we are now ambassadors for Christ, like Paul, as he writes in 2 Corinthians chapter five. And we have a calling to share the blessings of the kingdom with others, and to call them to join us in freedom. So now we've been promoted. Instead of you know, at first we were we were nobody, we were just here on earth stuck in sin. And then we were given citizenship. We were given this passport into God's kingdom. And now we've been promoted to ambassadors. So this is a a rapid progression where we actually now have gone from stuck and hopeless to being active, responsible, engaged members with this amazing kingdom of God. And so now our time in this world is not wasted. We aren't hopeless. We can bring glory to God and we can reach other people who are lost without hope. We've been given a purpose in our citizenship. We've been given a purpose to serve our God. But wait, there's more. Because God doesn't only give us something to occupy ourselves while we're here on earth. He gives us far, far more than that. And that is something truly amazing. So if we turn... To a well known passage in John 14 verses 1 to 7, we can read this. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the place, you know the way. To the place where i am going thomas said to him lord we don't know where you are going so how can we know the way jesus answered i am the way and the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through me if you really know me you will know my father as well from now on you do know him and have seen him jesus promises us an eternal hope Far beyond this world. We do not only live knowing that we have purposes here, but we live knowing that our eternal purpose is with God. We have something amazing to look forward to. We have a room in God's house. And that's something which is incredible for me to think about. Uh, Right now, God has prepared in heaven a place for each one of us who believes. God has a place prepared for you. He has a place prepared for me. And that is something to look forward to, something to sustain us when time gets hard and and hope is hard to come by, we know, oh boy, there's something amazing in heaven waiting for us. As Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, if only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied, but we have so much more to hope for. And when our work here is completed, he will lead us into our true homeland, the ultimate promised land. His home in heaven. And crucially we need to remember that He, Jesus, is the only way to get there. We need to remind ourselves of this. We have to keep following our guide. We don't want to wander back into Egypt. We don't want to spend 40 years in the desert suffering and working and then we just end up back in Egypt at the end. That, That is not what our life is meant to look like. We have to keep following guide who is leading us out of exile into his kingdom, his ultimate promised land. And from this we have a freedom from the fear of judgment. If you remember Joshua's sermon, the idea of judgment is really really scary without the incredible grace of God. If we think about being judged for all the actions we've made, everything we've done, everything we've said, it's terrifying. None of us would come through clean. But we know that in god we are saved by christ's incredible sacrifice we've been given grace to live freely and this is such a motivation to continue serving god to continue in our purpose on this earth knowing the hope that is to come because god is our hope and our salvation so let me close by reading a passage from 1 peter chapter 1 and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy for you are receiving the end result of your faith the salvation of your souls so let us hold fast to this hope to the knowledge that we are citizens of God's kingdom we are ambassadors for Christ with a set purpose which God has given us on this earth and also we have an amazing inheritance to look forward to in heaven